This is David Rhymes, and you're listening to Foot Notable, a podcast where we discover the truth is in the details. All right, welcome back, everyone. Thanks Hello. for joining us for another episode of Foot Notable. We are wrapping up our conversation on worldviews today. Yes, finally. It's about time. <laughs> Four episodes of worldview. Yeah. Uh, worldviews are a big uh, big topic, and they yeah. take a lot of... Um, we could talk dozens of episodes. Yeah, take a lot of information to cover. You know, and our interview, our episodes have been kind of uh, long. Yeah, heavy stuff. Because yeah. we've kind of gone over so much stuff, but mm-hmm. it's been good. So we figured... Let's just end on a nice light note. Yeah. And we'll talk some actual fun application for worldviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So get ready. Get your, not your dancing shoes on, but <laughs> something else. Your bowl of popcorn. Your bowl of popcorn yeah. because we're going to the movies. That's right. That's right. We're going to look together, talk together about how we um, recognize worldview in the things we watch, particularly movies, but even television yeah. to some degree. Yep. And so uh, a ways you can identify worldview and what you're watching and how you can yes. have conversations about that with your family and friends. Yeah. That's right. So um, what's the last movie that you watched? Whether it be, I mean, it may not even be in a theater. It may just have been like on streaming or something with all the COVID oh, stuff. goodness. The last movie I watched, I don't watch many movies right now. I don't I, either. I don't remember. I'm the, trying to think. The last one I watched, I had a chance to watch um, The Tomorrow War. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with, with Chris, uh, Chris Pratt. Pratt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Is it any good? It's all right. It's all right. You know, a lot of movies these days I think are very, you know, um, color by numbers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, or paint by numbers, I guess. Yeah. Know, color by numbers. Sure. Kind of a formula. Yeah, it's a bit of a formula. Yeah. So you kind of like, okay, this is what's happening. I, I kind of expect. You time travel to this. the future to save the world in the past. Right. Kind of deal. Yeah, yeah sure, so sure. no big surprises. But yeah, yeah I, as far as just kind of being a bit of, you know, eye candy mm-hmm. just to enjoy, mm-hmm. it's all right. Yeah. Not too bad. I remember watching something. I can't remember what it was. The acting was terrible, but the story, <laughs> the story was really good. Uh, I can't remember what it was now. But it's something I think my children want to watch, so I watch yeah. it with them. Are, is there are there any movies or TV shows you are eagerly anticipating? Oh, coming well, out? of course. So where you want me to start? You know, so so you know you got the the, the new Bo- the Boba Fett series. I'm a big Star Wars fan, as you yeah. are as well. So uh, Boba Fett's coming out in the fall. Uh, Mandalorian is going to be back yes. soon. We talked yesterday about the Lord of the Rings series coming out next year. Yep. 2022. Um, I, I will admit, Stranger Things is a bit of a, a guilty pleasure of mine. I do like Stranger Things. That will be next year. Um, I, I believe 2022 as well. So there's some things I'm anticipating coming yeah. up where I will sit in front of the television and watch. I don't watch a lot of TV or movies currently. Um, my days are filled with lots of children's activities. Yeah. But in the evenings, I will watch a show here and there. Right. I, will, I will tell you, my son is currently watching reruns of Duck Dynasty. Yes. And it's been really fun to sit with him and Doug watch some of that. It's Dynasty. Been, it's been fun. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I bet you that Talk is about worldview. <laughs> right. Without a doubt. So true. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to, of course, some of the th- same things you are, mm-hmm. the, the upcoming Star Wars uh, shows, yep. uh, the anime um, series, yeah. Star Wars Visions, Visions comes out yeah, sure. in September. And then we've got uh, the book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. We've got the Mandalorian, like you mentioned. Uh, I have been reading uh, the Wheel of Time series by mm-hmm. Robert Jordan, and the series on Prime is coming out in November. I'm going to check it out. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm, 
given, given the, what Game of Thrones was, mm-hmm. um, I'm a little bit leery. Um, you know, what direction that it might go in. Sure. So but I'm at least going to check it out and hopefully it'll be something that I'm, I'm good with watching, but yeah. we'll see. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's things that we enjoy mm-hmm. watching. We, we love, I'm, I'm a preview junkie. Yes. Movie previews. Yes. Yes. You know, trailer job drops. Mm-hmm. I like to watch it. Uh, you were told me about the Eternals. The Eternals trailer. Yeah, it looks really and good. I finally got a chance to sit down and watch it. I was like, whoa, yeah, this looks, looks something like totally different mm-hmm. for the MCU. Mm-hmm. So I was pumped about that. So, yeah, we do get excited. We do enjoy movies. Mm-hmm. And with streaming, there's so many more movie options available. Sure, absolutely, right? yeah. I mean, yeah. before, movies were put out by the studios. Mm-hmm. You had to go to the theater, and it was a limited number of movies yeah. that you were aware of. There's mm-hmm. always, like, little indie films and sure. things like that sure. that had limited releases. But as far as, like, the big movies – you know, there's not that many running at one time. Right, right, right. And now every streaming service, they're putting out their own movies. Mm-hmm. Netflix, uh, Prime, Apple. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, who else is this? Hulu put out their own movies? I think uh, they, have, they have some, they yeah. Have some TV yeah. series. Yeah, Amazon. Yep. Yep. So Disney, yeah. Everybody's putting out their own movies mm-hmm. that go either directly to their streaming service mm-hmm. or launch simultaneously with uh, streaming and the theater release. Yeah, yeah. And so we have just all these options now for consuming Direct movies. Direct access. Yeah, yeah and TV yeah. shows. And so we are bombarded even more so mm-hmm. with stories yeah. that, believe it or not, contain worldview. Always, yeah. Always yeah. worldview. If it's not the actors, it's the directors or the producers yeah. are, are, are somehow showing through the action, through the drama, through the conversation and dialogue, a form of a worldview of some sort, yeah. Whether it's a based on a real true, true, true events in life, or maybe it's a complete fictional fantasy story, yeah. it's it's some form of worldview. And so, um, this is something you can observe as you're watching television movies, and then identify the worldview that's kind of coming through the screen yes. in in the drama that 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 you're that you're ingesting, I guess, or consuming right. in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to actually kind of give you some pointers on how to do that. Yeah. Uh, we actually talked about this briefly a few episodes ago. Mm-hmm. We're going sure. to kind of dig that back up. Then we're also going to go just a little bit deeper because this isn't, this isn't like some complex science here. Right. Right. If you kind of know some diagnostic questions, mm-hmm. you can begin to work through this. Mm-hmm. And so we want to help you take your movie and TV and even your book reading Mm -hmm. to a more critical level as you examine the worldview that's presented. You can still enjoy it, Mm -hmm. right? We're not trying to spoil your 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 entertainment. No, no, not at all. But we do want to help you think critically. This is also going to be good for parents as well. Absolutely. As you consume this with your your kids. Yeah, so So, so i got a question for you, Dave. Back in the day, if you wanted to know, when I mean back in the day, I mean before internet, if you want to right. know what movies were playing on television, I mean on on the the, the 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 theater, you got a couple of options. Yep, you could read the local newspaper, correct, or you could go by the theater and see what posters were out front. Yeah, you also had one more option. Right, so you had some version of a phone number you could call, mm-hmm. and it would give you a whole list of what was playing locally and where and what time. That's right, and so you just kind of. Some versions of it, you just had to listen to it. Yes. Like, you didn't have options to, so like, reading off it. a list of, yeah. Yeah, right. Because particularly if you're, like, in a local area, mm-hmm. right, uh, there's not that many theaters. Yeah. It's easy just to have the, the three or four in the area mm-hmm. all listed. Uh, but if you're, like, in a big um, major metropolitan area, you may have had 
uh, some touchstone options. Like Manhattan. Like Manhattan, for example. Yeah. If yeah. your last name, well, I don't know, was Costanza. Right. Right. And you were looking to find your friend Jerry at the movie theater. Yep. And you want to know which one he was at and where the movie was playing. Um, you would call movie phone. Movie phone. And movie phone would tell you the times the movie was playing. You punched in your 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 number, um, right. the code for the movie. Yep. And it would tell you what times they're playing and which theaters they played at. Right. Yeah. So growing up in small towns, we didn't have access to quite that right. that high level technology. But apparently, on the yeah. show Seinfeld, I, I would ask my did. friend in the high school. I asked my friend Mike Pena what's playing because his grandfather owned one of the movies. There you go. He movie knew. theaters there you in go. Hammond. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's kind of how uh-huh. we knew. Uh-huh. Mike could always tell us what was coming out. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. his, his grandpa owned the movie theater. And now we have Hammond. the internet. So you can go on the, online and find it. But when the show Seinfeld was being recorded, they yeah. didn't have internet. And so movie phone was a big part of the TV show. It was. And movies were a big part of the show as well. There's yeah. several episodes that featured a movie or in a movie theater many, many times. Um, and so uh, we find our characters and the kind of the introduction of the episode today, we find our characters um, uh, in a situation where Kramer has gotten a new phone number. And yes. his phone number is almost identical to the it's movie like phone one number. number off or something one number from, off. from movie phone. Um, and so people are calling Kramer to find out, thinking it's movie phone, and instead of telling him they have the wrong number, he decides to play a movie phone representative. Right, I'll sort. just be a movie phone. Why not? <laughs> yeah, and so he's trying to answer people's questions about movies by reading the newspaper to them. Yeah, if your number was was one digit away from, honestly, anything, you know, yeah. like a taxi service yeah. or some government office, mm-hmm. you would not try to play the no. part. Uh-huh. You would like be like, dude, this is this is not you. You hooked out the wrong number. The numbers you want is this. Mm-hmm. You would not want to be engaging with that. It would just be a headache, and you would probably be trying to change your phone number as soon as you could. Exactly right. But not Kramer. No, no. He's, he's <laughs> going to play the character, and George is really right. upset because his fiance Susan, has become really good friends with Elaine. He doesn't want them hanging out. Yeah. And they've gone through the movies, and George wants to find which movie theater they're in, so he calls movie phone to find out where the movie's played so he can go confront his fiance and his friend Elaine about their a friendship that he does not want to happen. That is correct. Oh, George. And so he, so he calls, and guess who answers the phone? Guess who? His dear friend, <laughs> His Kramer, dear friend Kramer, but he, he doesn't know it's Kramer. He doesn't know it's Kramer. Yep, so this is what it sounds like. <laughs> Probably went to the 84th Street. That's where I always go with Jerry. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Movie Phone. If you know the name of the movie you'd like to see, press 1. Come on, come on. Using your touchtone keypad, please enter the first three letters of the movie title now. You've selected Agent Zero. If that's correct, press one. What? Uh, You've selected Brown-Eyed Girl. If this is correct, press one. Why don't you just tell me the name of the movie you selected? Channel? To find the theater nearest you, please enter your five-digit zip code now. Why don't you just tell me where you want to see the movie? Lowe's Paragon, 84th and Broadway? Channel is playing at the Paragon 84th Street Cinema in the main theater at 9.30 p.m. Yeah, now I got you. It's also playing in theater number two at 9 o'clock. 
Okay, so just oh a couple of goodness. just a couple of things on that. Number one, uh, I would not want to see any of those movies. They no. always had like the the crummiest movie titles yeah. when they would make up movie titles for yeah. the the but show. There's only like a couple that were actual movies in real life, but the uh, rest right. of them are all made up. Yeah. movie titles. So Channel was the one Channel. they were going to see. Yeah. Right. The Channel is the underground tunnel, tunnel between France and Great Britain. Right. Under the English Channel. How in the world is that a movie? The train derails probably and the hero comes to save the I day. I have yeah. no idea. The, the best part is when George punches in his zip code and Kramer has no idea. No idea. <laughs> yeah, Kramer has no he, He's like, I'm going to take on movie phone. Mm-hmm. I'm going to answer all these people's questions. Sounds like fun. Yeah. But he clearly doesn't realize <laughs> that this is not going to work because he can't decipher the touch tones. The tones, yeah. So he doesn't yeah. know where George is. Yeah. yeah. It's hilarious. Oh, it's so it good. is. It's so good. So I don't know what that has to do with the episode today, but it's fantastic. I love that. Well, we, love we that actually scene. talked about a number of uh, movie-related clips from Seinfeld where they discuss movies, but because this is a family show, uh, we, we opted <laughs> not to use. use yeah. So the movie phone is a lot. It's just a lot of fun. And what's really interesting about the show, if you guys have watched Seinfeld, whenever they're talking about movies, you can tell the characters have been written to wrestle with what they're seeing in the movie from time to time. Yes. And sometimes they go to great conversation about the movie and right. sometimes it's just kind of a brief mention, but but there are, there are episodes where the characters are written by the, by the writers to wrestle with some of the worldview themes that are in some of the movies. Right. And so it's like this two layered worldview issue within the, sh- within the fabric of the show. Yeah. And that's true of really any, um, any movie you watch, any television show you watch, there is worldview coming off the screen at you. Yeah. It's good for us to be able to identify what's really happening when we're watching it. Right. So I've often said that TV and film are worldview propaganda. Exactly. Yeah. That sounds a little bit heavy handed. Cause it's we don't totally like, true though. We yeah. don't like the word propaganda. Right. But it is because the, here's the, here's the truth. No one is just telling a story. Never. No. Right. No. Even the, if they say they are. Yeah. No. Right. The, the best, um, you know, movies out there where you just kind of, you get engrossed in the storytelling and the character development. There is some aspect of worldview. Mm-hmm. It's either put there intentionally or unintentionally. Right. There's no such thing as a neutral story. Mm-mm. In fact, when you open up this ancient book we call the Bible, yeah. it's not just telling a story either. Mm-mm. It is, as we talked about last episode, it is laying out a worldview. Exactly. And so anything that, that we read, that we see, where there is a narrative— it is doing, to some extent, a worldview presentation. Yes. It may try to check all the big questions as it goes through the story. It may just hit on one or two of them, but it is presenting a worldview in some way. Yeah, even the silliest of movies. Oh, sure. Um, children's movies. There is some theme within that film. Yes. That is, that is telling you something about what the writers believe is important for you to know. Right, and so worldview is being conveyed in these yeah, in these, in these memes, and it's true of music as well. Yeah, music probably in a greater extent because it's so much more widespread than movies. Yeah. But movies are the theme today. So, right. uh, what are some of the things that we're looking for? Um, questions we can ask maybe as we're watching film. So we're going to just quickly review some of the questions that we threw out there to our audience um, uh, several episodes ago mm-hmm. that are good for your kids. Yeah, right. So when you're watching things with your kids, now look at some. Some movies and TV that we watch with our kids, we'd rather not watch. Yes. As adults, we're just like, oh my goodness, this mm-hmm. is just the worst mm-hmm. because, hey, we're not kids anymore. Right. And those kind of things don't appeal to us. But be aware 
there is some worldview being presented there. So how can we help our kids to begin critically thinking about what they're seeing and hearing? Well, one question is, where or who is God? Yeah. It's a very basic question, but is God present in this story? Mm-hmm. And could that be big G and little G? Correct, Or yes. God's plural, yeah. maybe, in some case? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it may not even be God's. It could be just the... Uh, could be some kind of force power force, power sure. yeah yeah so you're you're not going to go well let's take a look at pantheism and, right, and right, right. you may get to that eventually but if you can just help them identify that is there a god gods or something that is just sort of transcendent mm-hmm. present in this story mm-hmm. either it is if it is who or what is it yeah and if it's not, let's uh, let's state that it's absent. Yeah, and it's we touched on this a little bit last week, I believe, in that people want to know who or what's in charge in some cases. Right. And so, like for instance, we mentioned Star Wars earlier. There is no mention of any kind of deity or gods in that 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 you know Star right. Wars universe. But there's a talk about the force. The force. And the force is like this power that's sort of guiding binds everything. Us. It binds yeah. us together. Yeah. It's not made of this crude matter, as Yoda right. says. And so I told, they, I told George Lucas made it part of the crude matter. <laughs> he very did make it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, well that's 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 something right. for a different day. But yeah. but the the idea that there's this mystical I mean, even yeah. Han Solo mentions I don't believe in this mystical force, you know, binding right. everything, you know. Um, there's something in that, yeah. right? This force that's sort of controlling right. the universe to function a certain way. Yeah. So in Star Wars, it's not a it's not a, a true godless right. universe, right. but there is something there that transcends mm-hmm. the beings of that universe yeah. that um, kind of puts puts the universe in motion. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you have you have your most committed, you know, your Jedi or like your priests almost yeah. in a way of the force. And so that's just one example. I mean you have that Lord of the Rings, you have these big epic stories. Right. There are these powers that are above the human beings that are that are playing out the story, so to yeah. so to speak. And there's a worldview infused in all of that, right? Yeah. Um, and it's really fascinating uh, to be able to kind of step back for a moment and see it and go, ah, oh, I see what that is now. Whereas if you're just immersed in it, you don't really see what's going on. You can miss some really key worldview points and explain that to your children, particularly who God is, is really important in that, right. in that time. Yeah. yeah. So even in a show like Seinfeld yeah. that we watch, um, God is present. Mm-hmm. He's talked about typically in very negative sure. terms. Yeah, yeah. And so even looking at how God is, is, is discussed mm-hmm. kind of gives you an idea of the type of worldview that's being presented so is God present, and what kind of God is, is he? Yeah. Is he? Yeah. And so just starting there, even when you watch, you know, cartoons, mm-hmm. you know, like my girls are into things like My Little Pony or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, they, they should be able to look at these episodes and even a- answer that basic question. Mm-hmm. And what we're doing with our kids is where, number one, inviting them into this process of seeking for God in all the things that they are um, watching, hearing, you know, with the playing video games, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, Mm -hmm. because we don't want them to just mindlessly consume. Yeah. Right. Um, It's like, it's like um, being a glutton with food. Yep. You just sort of eat, 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 eat with no thought thought to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You've had enough. If you just consume media without actually critically looking at it as a Christian, Mm -hmm. Uh, or even as a pre-Christian, you know, mm-hmm. to trying to, to, to learn how to do this, you're just consuming, consume, consuming, consuming. Yeah. 
And so you don't exercise those parts of your brain, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. And so if you can learn to begin identify God, uh, his presence or his absence in th- mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. now as you get older mm-hmm. and you become more discerning and you know better questions to even ask, You've got a good foundation exactly. for where to start. Exactly right. And you could ask those critical questions, not of movies, but of real life. Yes. And what's happening in your life in everyday yeah. uh, you know, occurrences. You can see worldview coming out in your workplace, in your family, right. in your church even. You can see that because you've learned to identify it from the things that you use to entertain yourself. Yeah. Right. So another question we want to ask is, what's confusing? Mm-hmm. So sometimes attempts at putting out a worldview are clumsy. Yeah. Um, because sometimes worldviews are just clumsy mm-hmm. because they're man-made. They're undeveloped, yeah. They're undeveloped. Yeah. And so are they leaving something else? So we're not talking about plot holes here. No, right. Uh, right. Although there may be a gaping worldview plot hole mm-hmm. that is present. But what is confusing in this movie that you're just, there's something about it that you're just not understanding. Why are the characters acting in this way? Mm-hmm. Maybe their behavior is not really normal. Well, maybe it's not normal to your child because the writer, the director, whomever has a worldview that they want to start pushing through and for you to to interact with. Mm -hmm. And so are there things that are just confusing that that just sort of stand out as, I I don't get why that's happening. Why those decisions were being made, uh, why this character acted in the way they did, Mm -hmm. uh, why this didn't work out the way I thought it would. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's going on because there are worldview issues wrapped up in those things. Always, always. Yeah. And so if you're left with confusion, right. And you're not willing to ask the question, well, what was confusion about that? But then you're just gonna let it sort of kind of just sit in your brain. You're never going to deal with it. And so if you, if you, if you hear confusing words or thoughts from people in in life every day and you can identify those things you're just going to accept it as true or that it's okay and so learning to to identify what's confusing can help you think more critically about what you're hearing in in when you're when you're when you're not watching television right right and so i think finding out what's confusing or i could say what's missing yeah you can think critically about real life right and have and be well equipped to deal with it yeah so if you look at the question what's missing Mm -hmm. So as parents, as we look at our Christian worldview, we know those components. And so helping our kids to see whether or not um, objective truth Mm -hmm. is present or missing. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there a means of salvation present or missing? And if there is, what is it? Um, Sin, is it present or is it missing? So there are big components of the world Christian worldview that we can begin to look at. And if you want to know what those are, or go back and listen to our previous episode yeah, where we yeah. walk through that. But helping your kids begin seeing when these things are absent. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times they're absent on purpose. Yeah, sure. Because um, they don't want to be dealt with. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they're absent just simply because of bad storytelling mm-hmm. or because of time constraints and things like that. Mm-hmm. Because the story is not trying to touch on those issues. Right. But learning to see where bits and pieces of the Christian worldview are simply not present mm-hmm. helps us to identify then how this worldview is being presented. So mm-hmm. for example, if sin is not mentioned, mm-hmm. well then what's the problem? Right. Is there a problem? Right. Okay. So looking at what the problem is as a replacement for sin mm-hmm. and how it's being dealt with the characters mm-hmm. helps us to work with our kids on 
how do you look at that process and how does it compare to what the Bible teaches mm-hmm. about how sin is dealt with mm-hmm. and how we can or can't deal with sin yeah. as, as, as people. And so you can, you can kind of gauge the level of discussion mm-hmm. as you tie it back to the biblical worldview based on the age of your kids mm-hmm. and what they're able to kind of wrap their mind around. Yeah, sure, sure. You yeah. know, having yeah. a big lecture with a two-year-old is not, not going to help your, no. your right. two-year-old spiritual development. Right, right. But as your kids get older, you get to kind of go a little bit deeper on mm-hmm. these things yeah. and help them see these are core truths about how life and world work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if they're missing from your book, your, your TV show, your movie, mm-hmm. well, then what's replacing them? Exactly. Yeah. Something's replacing them. Exactly. Yeah. And, and if you're, if you're watching something that's a classic sort of good versus evil yeah. and when the evil is finally conquered in the end and then the movie comes out again as a sequel to it, well, there's a new evil that's come out. Right. Right. And so just in that approach, what you, what you learn is new problem. A new problem because there's always sin in the world. There's always evil kind of rising up. James Bond has been fighting evil for 60 years, 70 yeah. years, right? And another one's coming out soon. He's going to do it again. And right. He keeps defeating these bad guys. Well, why are there bad guys to begin with? And why why are they doing what they're doing in the movie? And why are the heroes who they are? You know? And these types of things help us identify the reality of sin in the world. Yes. And that all these producers and writers are doing is identifying sin, but they're calling it something else. Right. Right. Yeah, they want to hit on the, the the symptoms of sin. Exactly, but not the yeah. actual cause. Of Correct. It. Exactly. Yeah. As Christians, we can go deeper than even the images and right. the ideas that are being portrayed in the in, in on, on the screen. Yeah. So just those three questions: Who are or where is God? What's confusing? What's confusing? What's, what's missing? Yeah. Is going to kind of get you some good beginning discussions mm-hmm. with your kids. Mm-hmm. And look, my my advice is. Um, don't do it for every single time you watch TV. No, no. You will wear your kids out. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be a drag after it'd that. It'd be yeah. a drag. Yeah. But from time to time, um, do it with your kids and announce it ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Tell your kids, hey, we're going to watch this, and I want you to pay attention for these things. Yeah. Okay? And so that when you talk about it after, and don't, like, don't be paused in the movie. Let them, let them watch it. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, they probably won't catch everything. Yeah. That's Okay. What you're doing is you're training them to watch this for more than just entertainment value. Exactly. I remember when my when my oldest son turned 13, I got excited because now I can watch all these movies with him, right? Yeah. And so we can have conversations about what we're watching and the right. violence or this, the sex or the moral issues that are being presented yeah. in the movie. And you can think through, and sometimes it's clear, there's an evil, there's good, good defeats evil, right? Yeah. Sometimes it's a little bit more nebulous. You can't quite identify right. it. These questions help you drill down a little deeper. Yeah. Where, where who, are, who or what is God? Where is God? What's missing? What's confusing? And that gets something, again, thinking critically about real life. And that can yeah. only be a good skill for them. Absolutely. Yeah. So as we get older and as we want to engage with the media that we are uh, consuming, what are, what are some questions to kind of help work out the deeper worldview issues? Yeah, yeah sure. And so I've, I've grabbed a, a, a few questions from a, a screenwriter, author, and movie critic named Brian Gadawa. Uh, Gadawa. Gadawa. Yeah. I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. And uh, but he wrote a book. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but it basically talks about how to look at movies critically. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, a, this is a guy that writes book, uh, books, has uh, worked on some screenplays, mm-hmm. uh, worked on some documentaries. Uh, he's not like a big Hollywood name, mm-hmm. but he's, he's someone's believer who has been in the industry. And so uh, these are some interesting questions to ask 
because uh, we do get wrapped up in stories. A lot of TV shows these days are very heavy in character development. They want to pull you in, make you care about these characters. Uh, You've got a season with eight episodes, Mm -hmm. and then they get you on the hook. Yeah. Not so much for the action, but for what's happening to the characters, the story. And so when you are taking more time to do tell a story, Mm -hmm. you are basically laying way more groundwork for a worldview Mm -hmm. than you are in an hour and a half to two hour movie. Right, right, right. Yep. So let's let's take a look at some of these. And it challenges you in if if it's done well. Yeah. It challenges you on different a number of different levels. Yes. Because sometimes you as a viewer have to wrestle with. What would I do if I was in that situation? Yeah. Right? I mean, like, who doesn't want to be Batman? Right. I do. I want the toys. Like, the <laughs> toys are really cool. Right? I can't do what Batman does. Yeah, I don't want to do what he does. But I want all of his cool stuff. Yeah. Right? And so you look at that and you go, wow, I want to be Batman. But then think about what's actually happening. Who is Batman? What's he doing? Right? Yeah. And you have to wrestle with that on a different level. As you get older, you can do that because you have a more abstract view of the world. You can see those right. things going on. So when we're talking about heroes and villains and all these parts of the movies, um, being able to identify this, it shouldn't ruin your experience. Don't let it ruin your experience. But be able to do this so that you can help your children or help yourself understand world. Absolutely. Yep. yep. So as we, as we watch these things or read books, uh, one of the questions we can ask is, what is the character flaw of the hero at the beginning? Yeah. Right? So heroes typically go on some, what they call a hero journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if it's not like an adventure story, uh, even if it's one of these more uh, kind of like a more true-to-life dramas. Personal exploration kind yeah, of, yeah, sure. The, there is some beginning point for the main characters mm-hmm. that uh, is going to mark the beginning of their journey emotionally, mm-hmm. Uh, mentally, spiritually, whatever it is, as they develop mm-hmm. over the course of the story. If it is like an adventure story, um, that there's going to be that that kind of uh, way the author or the director, screenwriter p- paints yeah. that hero. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you think about Luke as kind of the whiny farm boy yeah. who's yeah. eventually going to become this brave Jedi Knight, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, what are the character flaws? Because there's a lot being said. In a character flaw. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And yeah. so uh, the character's outlook on life, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the problems the character is dealing with, mm-hmm. what are they? How do, how do they approach those? Mm-hmm. That starts to clue you into where a worldview is starting for that character. Mm-hmm. And it also may clue you into where the author intends perhaps to bring the worldview development yes. for that character. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So take Luke. If he's kind of whiny and blah, 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 kind of complaining, yeah. complaining all the yeah. time, well, he, yeah, that's not a very good hero. Right. And so you can kind of already anticipate him developing this courage and bravery mm-hmm. in order to do what he has to do exactly. to overcome mm-hmm. the evil in the story, right? Yeah. 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 You know he's not going to stay a whiny, complaining brat. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, so you know where it's you know kind of where it's going, mm-hmm. even from the very beginning, uh, a few minutes of his character being introduced on the screen. And before you know what's going to happen, yeah, you kind of see it coming. You don't know how it's going to happen, right? If you've never seen the movie, you don't know all the steps are going to take to take this reluctant, whiny, you know, naive in some ways hero and turn him into this sort of 
savior of the galaxy kind of right. kind of thing. You see the with, same thing with Frodo from Lord of the Rings. He's yeah. kind of this hobbit who's unsure about the journey, ends up saving Middle Earth by yeah. casting the ring into the you know the fire, and but he starts off as kind of this weak kind of it almost seems helpless in a way, um, reluctant, unsuspecting. Yeah, like he just just do this little bitty bit, yeah, and then I'll be done. Sure, it's kind of his his deal. Yeah, and then just he take realized, the ring. And I, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. yeah, and then he realized that he has to be fully invested in this sure. deal yeah. and see it all the way through. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, I mean, where characters start kind of give you an idea. And so, what are some of the flaws that are there? What are some of the problems they're facing? Uh, get an idea of where the worldview starting. Yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of times what we see on the screen are those characters overcoming the flaws yeah. in order to become the hero in the end. It could be right. a guy, it could be a girl, whoever it is. We're seeing them deal wrestling with their own insecurities, their yes. own challenges, and overcoming them in order to become the hero to save the day, whatever that may be. And so, that, is, that again, that's another worldview perspective and that we're all flawed. Every human being has these deficiencies in some way. If yeah. you overcome them, then you can be... Uh, a, quote a hero in your life in some form or fashion. Um, we see this in in fictional stories. We see this in 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 stories that are brought to life from true events. You know, right? Um, heroes overcoming their flaws, but their flaws are still there. Yeah, right. We can you can't overlook them in order to get to the end. You have to see them as part of the journey. Yes. Yeah. And so once we kind of identify that, moving on to what makes uh, the hero mm-hmm. change his or her mind in the story about the way they see the world. Yeah. All right. So typically, um, again, in, in adventure stories, the hero comes from a place where they have very limited access to the larger world right. or galaxy yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever it is, sure. right? The, the they're world, isolated in some way. They're like isolated. They're, yeah. they're kind of from this podunk mm-hmm. place, mm-hmm. and that's what they know. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the world either is just kind of too big for them or it's just not worth caring about mm-hmm. because – why bother with it? Everything I kind of have in life mm-hmm. is right here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The world doesn't bother me. I don't bother the Perfectly world. happy where I am. Perfectly sure. happy. Yeah. And so something has to kick up, kick off what changes that. Mm-hmm. And so for Christians, the thing that changes how we look at the world is an encounter with Jesus Christ. Exactly. For the character, it's typically going to be something else. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be Jesus or it's not going to be some sort of Jesus type figure necessarily. And so how they make that transition and what is the catalyst for that Mm -hmm. again is a worldview clue. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll just go back. We'll talk a lot about star Wars because we have the microphones and that's just what (laughs) we're going to do. You're listening. So, you know, what's, what's the thing that makes Luke change his mind about leaving Mm -hmm. his aunt and uncle in their moisture farm on Tatooine? Yeah. So he, Chases the droids into the into the caverns. He meets Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, goes back home, and Uncle Owen and Baru are gone. They're dead. Yeah. So now he's nothing left for him in the moisture farm. So he's like, "Well, I have nothing left for me here," and so he goes. But the catalyst ultimately, I think, was meeting the space wizard Obi Wan right. Kenobi, right? Yeah. And this guy who tells him the story about his father and what a great Jedi he was, and he has this moment where he sort of identifies with his great Jedi father. He wants to be like him in some way. He wants right. to go fight the forces of evil. And Obi-Wan is the means by which he can do that. But the tragedy that comes to his life by the death of his aunt and uncle are the springboard for his journey into the galaxy to become yeah. a hero. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's not like some big spiritual moment. No. What does he encounter? He encounters a terrible yeah, event in sure. his life mm-hmm. 
that says, well, nothing less for me here. I might as well go on this path that this Obi-Wan has talked about. Because at first he's like, I can't do that. Right. Right? But he still had an option at that point, right? Yeah, he did. He had an option to go back home. Yeah. That option was taken away, and so now he has yeah. to go and do this thing. Right. Yeah. 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 So how, how does that character sort of get launched out into his bigger journey mm-hmm. is going to kind of give you some worldview clues yeah. as to what's, what's kind of and lying beneath the surface. I often think, you know, a lot of this is sort of um, in, in the movies the play is displayed as, as, as unplanned. It just happened. Right. Right. And you often contrast that with the Christian story, particularly regarding Jesus as the hero. It was all planned. Oh yeah. It was designed from the beginning for him to rise and do this great sacrificial work for the sake of, of, of God's people, right? Whereas the heroes of many of these stories, even if they're if they're said to be have born with some kind of purpose, it seems almost accidental. It's unsuspecting, right? Whereas yeah. Christ is presented in the scriptures as a very clear, planned savior. Like it was yes. all designed by him for him for his glory. Correct. And so there's the contrast between this this unsuspecting hero and one who was was born to be a hero from the very, very beginning. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so Moving on from that, we want to ask, what does the hero learn about the the way life ought or ought not be lived? Yeah, yeah. So the lessons that are learned yeah. throughout the journey of that character yeah. um, is teaching them this is good, this is bad, this is right for life, this right. is wrong for life. Yeah. So despite whether or not the the screenwriter, the director, the actors believe in absolute objective truth, mm-hmm their characters will identify what is absolute objective Absolute, truth. Yeah. Yeah. Because they have to make a decision. There's a, there's mm-hmm. a crossroads mm-hmm. life ought to work this way or it ought not to work this way. Exactly. Why? Mm-hmm. Because there's truth to be known and there's truth to be acted upon. Yeah. The, the, the directors, writers, they could be completely atheistic, but they don't shrug at evil either, right? They don't shrug and go, well, that's just what it is. No, they deal with it. The characters have to deal with the evil in the world, you know? Right. And so you even have a moment, like I thought about Iron Man, and the Iron Man, the original Iron Man movie, where yeah. he's a seller of weapons, and then those weapons he sees are being used for evil. And so now he has to figure out, what am I, what am I going to do now? Right, yeah. He felt the effects of his own creation. Mm-hmm. And so he has to change his own story to become the hero, to defeat the people that had oppressed him or imprisoned him. And so there's a clear evil identified. It has to be dealt with. They don't just shrug it off and go, oh, well, that's just the way life is. Right. No, the point yeah, of the, the, the movie ends yeah, at the that mo- point. Yeah, there's no point yeah. in the movie. You have the, it, It's always being dealt with in some way. Right. And so there is a moral right and wrong yes. being presented in the film yeah. and in the story. And that is where we see what the writers believe about what is right or what is wrong. So yeah. like you said, there's a truth being told, even though they on a more personal level, may not identify that truth for, 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 for themselves. Right. Stories that try to present, um, like you're the villain, mm-hmm. as not really a true villain, mm-hmm. but more a, paint a more sympathetic, misguided character, mm-hmm. like in, in an attempt to be ambiguous almost between, between yeah. good and evil. Yeah, sure. They're not convincing in no, the end. no. Because you and I know going into a story, mm-hmm. good and evil exist. Exactly. And trying to either make good or evil just sort of uh, just completely 
um, fuzzy. Un- undefined. Undefined. Yeah. It doesn't work for the story. Right. You know, so we're not, you know, sometimes you can make an antihero work. Mm-hmm. Right. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. But you typically have a character or a group of characters that fill the role of hero. Yes. And the antihero is there kind of as a reluctant tag along. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, just trying to always make it about the antihero. Yeah is a real struggle and uh, oftentimes it's unsatisfying. It is. It is. Um, I never saw the, um, the most recent Joker movie, how the Joker kind of became, became yeah, the I Joker. I didn't see it either. That's always been a mystery. Like how did he become the Joker? And leave Batman it a mystery. Movies? Right. Exactly. But they tried to explain his background. Yeah. He was a normal guy who had a kind of unfortunate upbringing. Right. And then he kind of drifted into this Joker character. Through this set of circumstances. Yes, yes. Yeah. That happened to him. They came upon right. him. Now he becomes right. this evil character. We have only ever known him as the bad guy in all the Batman shows yeah. and movies, right? But now they try to almost humanize and, and make right. you sympathetic to how he became this terrible character, right, in these movies. But I, I, I never saw the movie, but in my mind, it just not satisfying because I know yeah. what he becomes. He right. becomes evil, right? And he and Batman exists largely because Joker exists, right? Yeah. Batman has to rise in order to defeat this evil that exists in the world. So it's almost in some ways unavoidable that you have to take a stand on some kind of moral right and wrong in right. order for the movie to work the way it's yeah. supposed to. For the hero to take the action that yes. the hero is going to take, yes. there has to be some level of, of right and wrong. Objective evil and objective yes. good, exactly. Yeah, otherwise right. everyone's evil. Right. That's that's the only mm-hmm. conclusion you so, can make. So why try to defeat it then? Right. Why fight against it right. if if there's no true right or wrong in, yeah. in the universe or the world, whatever it may be. And so you know, even taken away from like an adventure story, even if it is just like a personal journey, mm-hmm. you know, let's just say it's the it's the person that um, you know the way life ought to be lived for for them in this situation is that they need to you know get over. Um, their addiction, mm-hmm. get help mm-hmm. because they need to be okay for this love interest, mm-hmm. right? They, mm-hmm. They've got more to live for, yeah. right? They're almost fighting the bad guy, mm-hmm. but life ought, life not, ought not to be me just drowning on my sorrows. Their personal demons. At the, yeah, yeah, yeah. At, the, at the bottom of a bottle. Sure. Well, still, that is, that is a choice of good over evil, yeah. right? Yeah. Me drowning out my sorrows at the bar, just becoming numb is bad. Yeah. Me sobering up, getting my life together because there's this, this, this person I love mm-hmm. and I want them to love me and I want to do what's right for them because they're worthy of, worthy of that. That is a good. Yeah. And so, yeah, it doesn't just have to be a good versus evil um Battle, bad guy, good guy, right? Bad sure. guy, good guy. Yeah. It's it's also present in other stories mm-hmm. where people are going on these emotional mm-hmm. uh, journeys. Yeah, yeah. So one more question we're going to take a look at is what is different about the way the hero sees the world at the end from the way they see it at the beginning? Yeah, because they've learned some lessons, haven't they? Yes. Throughout that journey, however long or short it may be, that hero has learn some really hard lessons. Yeah. So if we want to go back to Luke Skywalker again, after Return of the Jedi, he's the hero, the galaxy has been saved, yeah. the Emperor's dead, the, the 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 rebellion is now the kind of the governing power. Well fast forward thirty years to these newer movies that have been released. Yeah. Luke's all disgruntled hiding on an island because all of his plans failed. He yeah. learned some other lessons about 
how hard it is to raise up new Jedi and, and mm. how to defeat, continually defeat evil. Because even though the, the big bad guy was defeated, evil still existed in the universe, right? Right. And so he's kind of re- become this recluse, almost like where you found him originally on a moisture farm on Tatooine. He's now hiding on this island trying to get away from everything yeah. because he feels like he's failed, right? right? So well, what did he fail from? He failed from defeating evil completely. Right. Because it didn't go away even after he won the big victory. Yeah. And so so he's learned some lessons. Can you identify with him now? Can you see almost his hard heart toward the toward the universe he lives in and his fear of it in some ways? Yeah. You know? And that's just one example. And so how different is he now and why is he different? Or why is right. this female character different now than what she was at the beginning of the story? Yeah. Innocent, naive in some ways. Yeah. Because life happened. Right? Yeah. Good and evil exists, and they went through it. They went through the fire, and now they're different because of it. And that's that's real for us. That's yeah. real life for all of us. Right? right? Um, people talk. We've talked about it before. People talk about the good old days. Well, the good old days are always good when you're eight, right? And yeah. You, the world was innocent and it was easy. Yeah. And now you're 68 or 78, and you remember all the journey you've been through in your yeah. life. That's that's a development of worldview. You've learned right. some lessons from the things that have happened to you in life. Yeah, and for us as Christians, as we're engaging in this media, you know, what we have to understand is that the gospel allows us to look back on our life, where we've been on this journey, and see it through the eyes of Christ, see it through a redemptive process, Mm -hmm. so that we don't become like grumpy old Luke. Yeah. Where that I failed. We don't we right. don't lose hope because now our hope is in Christ. Exactly. And so again, these these are kind of basic character story development questions, mm-hmm. but they are really getting at the heart of worldview. Yes, very much. Because what the characters are doing in these stories is living out that worldview. Mm-hmm. And if you can uh, kind of go through and answer these questions, you start to see how this is being woven together mm-hmm. and um, I think it makes for really good discussion. It so, does. you know, some of you listeners may be into like, you know, book clubs or movie review clubs or things mm-hmm. like that. Or maybe you get on Messenger and you you chat with your friends over your favorite movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I would encourage, particularly as Christians, mm-hmm. take some of these questions yes, for sure. and introduce them into the conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to be, just be like, let me beat you over the head with this. Hey, yeah, we're going to figure yeah. out the Christian worldview yeah. or, the, or the unchristian worldview here. But start asking some of these questions and start inviting people to to interact with you on the answers and see how they are viewing it because how they answer the question versus how you answer the question is also going to clue you into their worldview. Exactly. Yes. And so there's a lot that you can do with these questions uh, as you watch movies, check out your favorite TV shows, read your favorite books, and things like that yeah. um, to help you be more discerning and critical with understanding the worldview that's present mm-hmm. and then putting it up against the biblical worldview and seeing where the differences are, what's deficient, and how the gospel actually provides a different answer mm-hmm. for how the characters are, are, are trying to approach the issues they're facing. Yeah, exactly. And one of the deficiencies we see in the New Testament church today, particularly in our country, is we have stopped being able to think critically about what we're listening to and what we're watching, whether it's movie, television, or the news, or what we're reading, right? Right. So Christians have sort of just eased into this sort of this tepid pool of acceptance of the world, and we've we've, we've lost the the art, the skill 
of being able to think critically about our world and yeah. be able to identify these things. Yeah. And so our challenge to you would be just use movies as, a, as an exercise in your yeah. own life or television or, or what you're reading on Facebook and, and learn to think critically about it. not to be a critical spirit or a critical person, right. but to be able to process in your heart and mind what you're seeing, what you're hearing, what you're watching and think, okay, what does this say about that person's worldview or that producer's worldview or my own worldview? Right. And can I see the differences and how do I see Christ yeah. in maybe some of these things? So there are redemptive themes in many of these movies that we watch. And so this is not something to be sort of a, 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 a an annoyance to you. Uh, we don't want to plant this weird seed of, of criticism in everything you watch and yeah, listen we're talking to. About being classically yes, critical. Yes, but but be, have, being on your toes, being able to think about these things will only make you more more uh, a, a more useful tool, so it's sort of, if you will, in the hands of the Lord as you're working through worldview in your own life. Well, thank you, listeners. I hope you have walked away from this episode feeling equipped. Equipped. Go watch, watch a movie. A movie. <laughs> yeah. Go watch a movie. Go binge something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just binge responsibly uh, with, with your with your shows. And if you're if you're if you're into anything right now, like if you're like two or three uh, se- uh, episodes into a season of something, or if you're in the middle of a book series, mm-hmm. go ahead and begin thinking through these questions. Yeah. And uh, I think you will find that. As you learn to do this, train yourself to do this, it becomes a joy. It does, yeah. Because it allows you to start really getting more into what you're interacting with Mm -hmm. in a way that uh, just takes you deeper into it. Because let's face it, there's a reason why you're watching the movie. There's a reason why you're reading the book. Mm -hmm. It it interests you in some way. It interests you in some way. And to be able to develop some of these habits and get deeper into it and, and allow you to talk more about these things. Uh, it's uh, to me, it's a lot of fun. Absolutely. And it, but it also really kind of helps again, like you said, keep me on my toes uh, so that I don't find myself just going, well, that's an interesting way of thinking yeah. about mindlessly that consuming. I, yeah. I, I never thought about that way before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe I should be adopting that. Sure. Right. Yeah. Guard yourself. Guard yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So thank you for joining us, for thank sure. Thank you for joining us. Uh, where can they find us? Man, all over the place. Yeah, we're everywhere, baby. Just look on the map. Footnotables everywhere. Just don't call movie phone. We won't answer. Don't call them. No, don't. <laughs> don't do it. We're not going to take that role. But here's here's where you can find us. You can find us on Facebook. Yep. You can go to our page at facebook.com backslash Footnotable Podcast. You can find us on Instagram. Yeah. When we ever feel like posting pictures, <laughs> which we've not yeah, done in a while. Not often, yeah. But we're there uh, at at Footnotable, mm-hmm. and we're also on YouTube. Yep. Just search uh, Footnotable. You will find our channel. And when we um, actually managed to get a usable video, we posted there after the live feed mm-hmm. on our Facebook page. So, yep, check us out. And we'll be back next time with a brand new topic mm-hmm. for discussion. Yep. See ya. Bye.